0: Akra gets busy on this frequency. ninety-two
1: point seven three FM. Johnny's fight. Johnny's fight. On sunrise. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Rahman Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allah wa Nimal Wakil. The Lord is my light and my salvation. home shall I fear in Yido. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cap runneth over, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Asalaamu Alaikum is Wednesday. Welcome to Johnny's Bite. And I want to say a big thank you to all those who spend time to pray for me and my family, because I'm not just the individual in the circle. Sometimes if they can't reach you, they'll try and reach your family. I want to thank all of you for praying for me earnestly, particularly for those who dedicate their Wednesdays to pray for me, Doc and uh, Mommy, thank you very much, and many of others of you who pray for me and my family, I'm grateful. This morning, I want to quickly tell you about the 3FM All-White Party, if you have already not heard about it. The 3FM All-White Party has been on since 2018 or so, and I remember the first time uh, myself, Ken, uh, Sola Clamati and uh, Bright Crescia Sempa went out there to do the recce for the 3FM all-white party. With that. The first one we had was the all-white party on the lake, 3FM all-white party on the lake. And, you know, at some point, the, uh, the recce, during the recce, that's uh, Captain Gariba, the the, the, <laughs> the small boat that we had for the recce, you know, uh, had a problem. So we had to wait in the middle of the water and then, you know, they brought in uh, what do you call it? The, another boat to come and pick us from there. But the first all-white party happened on the lake. And then right from there, we have come inland. That's Nancy there, you know. I mean, great fun. We had the, the chills, the grills, live band music, and tarot there. I mean, it was so sweet. We enjoyed ourselves. We went to the Volta Star Hotel. I mean, it was big fun. So since 2018, we have had the 3FM all-white party. 2019 was a repeat. 2020, even in COVID, we had it. 21, 22, now we have year 2023. In 2022, we went to Soho. Yeah, at the top. But this year we're going to the La Palm, La Palme Royal Beach in Accra. It's the 28th of uh, December, 7 p.m. sharp. If you don't have a table yet, you need to come grab a table. And the magic numbers to call are 053-1100927. 053 927 And then 053-2200927. 053-11-00-927. Two zero zero nine two seven, zero five three one one zero zero nine two seven, and zero five three two two zero zero nine two seven. Please call those numbers now, zero five three one one zero zero nine two seven, and zero five three two two zero zero nine two seven. Please call those uh, numbers now and let's have a conversation quickly. You can pick a table or buy a chair on the table, and then let's have the official shutdown party, or white party, with Stone Boy and Manifest and other great arts coming through. You have a samba dancers, you have fire eaters, you have a lot of activities happening, grills, chills, and, and more frills that will happen on the 28th. So please call the number 53 11 and 53 2200927 Yesterday I was thinking of something, and then the unfortunate thing at Inquanta happened. And I thought, why are we being so backward when the whole country is looking forward to a forward march indeed? Because lives have been lost at, in, in Inquanta. And you're asking yourself why people will take guns and aim at each other and shoot because there's some disagreement uh, on that chieftaincy level, or there's some agreement over a venue for a festival, or there's some a- disagreement over who rules and who doesn't rule. Why would anybody do that? We have seen the people in Boku, we have seen the people in other parts of the country, in Cunha lavanyo we have seen how development and, and foreign direct investment and people are scared to go and take investment to many of those places that they think are not safe enough a place to put their investments. And then you come and add your own and kill people. Now there's a curfew. And I ask myself, what kind of thinking went into fomenting such degrees of trouble? What kind of thinking went into it? Because for me, it doesn't make sense at all that we have economic hardship. People are in difficulty. We are advocating for people's lives to be made better. And then you come and make yours worse by adding a curfew and killing yourselves in addition, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. And uh, the people behind it must bow down their heads in shame. We're supposed to be a peace-loving country. We're supposed to be tolerant of each other. We're supposed to be hospitable. This is not the kind of narrative we want to sell out to the people there. It's November. Year of Return, Beyond the Return, December in Ghana, uh, what do you call it, Um, 3FM All-White Party. We're going to line up all the events and we're going to have them. Manifest is going to have a show. Nasi is going to have a show. Uh, Akwabwa is going to have a show. Is that how we want to start welcoming people back into the country where all they hear is that people are fighting? That's not cool at all. And the people behind it must bow down their heads in shame. They must be ashamed of themselves that they are just interested in their parochial interest that, oh, if it is not me who is ruling, if it is not me who is in charge, if it is not me who is, uh, you know, the chief, it is not me who is the elder, it is not me who is in charge of this or that, then it must not work for anybody. That's selfishness. That's greed. That's backward. I thought that festivals were supposed to unite people together. I thought that festivals were supposed to be a time where you take stock. I thought that festivals were supposed to be a time when you set the agenda for the next year. I thought that festivals were supposed to be when you welcome other people home and show them your rich color and culture and tradition. I thought that festivals were supposed to be that platform where people come together. I thought that that was the whole essence of it. So how did the simple lo- location of a venue or decision to have a venue for a festival become so chaotic that people have to lose their lives? Breadwinners have to lose their lives. Like, Professor Gofio draws says, there's some of these that they are assuming that God has not called you. You, you. you summoned yourself before him. When you go there, he will deal with you. Let's move away from that. I know also that some of the state institutions that we've been talking about, and I've had their, 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 their people have begun taking them to court. So, yes, you can have political authority you can have political patronage, political lineage. You can misbehave all you can and assume that people will be cowered by, into submission by some of your actions. But when you go to the courts, you see your true color. And they are in court. Until yesterday, the guys at Kolebu, they went to court. The court, I'm told, dismissed the refusal to transfer, the, the, the refusal to the objection of transfer of people from Kolebu to the ministry. I'm told that happened. I'll get you the full, the full ruling and, and read to you. I'm told that the people at Gihok, they're also in court. So we'll get there. And it is always good to test the law. If you have to test the law, you must test the law. Because people are misbehaving too much. People are using power and authority to misbehave too much. Do you know me? Do you know who I am? They have offended the law, but they come and say, do you know me? Do you know who I am? How do we build a country like that? How do we make progress like that? Do you know me? Do you know who I am? I'm not going anywhere. Nobody can do anything to me. Yes, I'm nobody. But you two, who are you? You two, are you somebody? If you are somebody, when you go to the court, you tell the judge you are somebody. And let's see if the judge will not hold you in contempt. We must begin to allow the laws to work, the processes to be active, and the processes to work in the interest of the people. And that is why I asked the question. Play Dr. Baumier's video for me. That's why I've asked it. I'll ask a question after this. Play the video for me.
0: Yes, what idea did John Mahama bring when he was vice president? What idea, what, what idea did he bring as vice president? He did not bring even one idea to the table. And I challenge anybody to tell us one idea that Dr. Dr. Muhammad brought. Dr. Baumir has brought idea after idea after idea after idea. It tells you that if you make me president, I will have my own vision and I will have my own priority, and I'll bring more ideas and more ideas and more ideas. Today, John Mahama says he has a new idea. And what is the new idea? He says he wants a 24-hour economy. 24-hour economy. He doesn't even understand that policy. Today, in Ghana, our hospitals work 24 hours. Our electricity company works 24 hours. Our motor company works 24 hours. Our phone companies work 24 hours.
1: So that's Dr. Mahmoud Baumia And already the politicking has started. So whether a policy idea makes sense or it doesn't, because it is not emanating from either side of the political divide, it doesn't make sense. New York runs a 24-hour economy, a city that never sleeps. We know what the, the uh, what do you call it, the inflows for New York are. So we will not go into that conversation. Can we mirror that to what we make here? Because our cities go to sleep. That's the reality. And I've had, cause when Mayor uh, Ajay, Ajay Sowa was... The MCE for AMA. I, I suggested this to him. I told him that, look, you always complain that we are not getting money. Let's assume that you have 30 Metro Guards. This morning, some of them will go to work. Because there's no tax force work to do, they will sit under some mango tree, maybe play some draft, eat, chat and laugh and whatever it is. Finish 5 p.m., they go home. They will either discuss politics or some football issues, Comoros and Ghana, blah, blah, blah. They will discuss those ones. When they finish, they'll go home. So I suggested to him that, why don't we have them divided into two groups? First group comes to work at 8, they knock off by 5.30 or 6, second group takes over from 6, and they knock off the next morning at 6. So that by the time they, the cleaners come and sweep the Nkrumah circle, People don't come back the next morning at 4 a.m. to come and sweep again as an additional cost to the waste collectors and the the cleaners because if we come and the place is dirty, even though we are not giving them that third contract, we give them a contract for the morning and the evening, not the one in between, we will still blame them for it. And we'll still be making revenue. I suggested that. That has not been implemented. So if we talk about a 24-hour economy, we need to be holistic in it. We, for example, know that every politician has a dream. And that dream becomes the taxpayer's burden. The politicians, they have dreams. Like Nanado had a dream of free SHS. When he went to BBC and they asked him how much the dream was going to cost us, he didn't know. Today we know what the cost of free SHS is. And we know how haphazard we have been in the implementation. Even though free SHS, I agree, is a very good policy. So the politician's dream is one but it is also the taxpayers' bedding. And this whole politics of uh, unnecessary comparison that doesn't bring the people, the goodies that they are looking for, must stop. So John Mahama, for example, should be brought forward to come and say that I am proposing a 24-hour economy. These are the things that we need to do to set up a proper, a fully functional 24-hour economy. This is how much it's going to cost. These are the infrastructures we have to put in place, etc., etc., and this is the blueprint for it. Then... Based on that, Dr. Baumier or Alan Tremontine or whoever is, is looking, ma- ma- looking forward to becoming president on whichever ticket cannot come and say, okay, I, I'm punching holes in A, B, C, and D because it doesn't add up if you do it this way. If we do it this way, it will make progress. Then we are making progress as a country. But it is easy to say that John Mahama is bringing a new idea and they're not easy to say dr balmia is bringing a new idea because dr balmia even though he is in government as we speak and he has 1 year 1 month and a few days to still rule and govern he says he has a new idea he even who has the power he says he has a new idea somebody has a new idea he has a problem he who still has power his vice president. He has not taken his leave. He's doing thank you talk. He didn't take his leave. He did campaigns. He didn't take his leave. All the other people who followed him, Samir Uku, Dennis Abu all those people who were employed and appointed, who followed him on the campaign trail, none of them took their leave. Annual leave. They will take their annual leave anyway. But they weren't spending our time that they're supposed to be serving us to be campaigning. Is that a new idea? Is that a new philosophy? Some were even schooling. Some were in law school. They were taking our salaries. They were supposed to be working for us. And they were in school. They were in law school. They were doing their master's. They were doing their PhD's. So they take us for granted. The political class I'm talking about. And it didn't just start here. It started since 19 Ho. Where people come into offices... They are paid their salaries, they are paid their allowances, they get their fuel, they get their official vehicle, they get their offices, and sometimes they don't even turn up because they are in school. We went to school with some of them. They are in school when they are supposed to be working in our interest. They are in school. So when we talk about a 24-hour economy, we must bring them to the table, both of them, and have an intellectual debate that benefits the people. That politics of name-calling and politics of ridicule and all of that, it will not work again, though. Ghanaians have their eyes widely opened. It's a question of showing your scorecard. What is your scorecard? You have one year, one month, and a few days, Dr. Baumia, as vice president. You say you have a new idea. You are not continuing the vision that Nanado brought you in to help him achieve. In fact, recently when Nanado failed to meet uh, the press, he ma- they put together school children for him to ask, them, to ask him questions. And then he said that he needed your brain to govern. On a campaign trail at trade fair, he said that he had brought you in to strengthen the city. You helped Kufo to strengthen the city, so he had brought you in to help him. So you are his right-hand man, his backbone, as far as Nanado and Kufo concerned. So, you cannot run away from the vision of which you are part to say that you have a new vision. Uh-uh. You must show us the scorecard for the vision of which you are part, which mandate has not ended. Continuous assessment. If you go to school, it's called continuous assessment. When you go to school, you write an exam, you bring your terminal report. Everybody is bringing their terminal report. Dr. Belmer, where's your terminal report? Jobahama, where's your terminal report? Bring your terminal report, let the citizens of Ghana, who are the examiners, determine whose terminal report is good, whether you have to be promoted uh, upright or promoted on trial, or whether you have to be repeated. A question must be asked. We must ask this question. So all these politics of uh, uh, we did this and we didn't do that and we did this and we didn't do that, if the people need 100 chairs, somebody brought 20 chairs and you say, oh, 20 chairs are not enough, and you brought 25 chairs to make it 45, you have still not achieved 100 chairs because you have the capacity to achieve 100 chairs. You have not achieved that. So you have failed. You have failed. The failure must be made. You have failed. Look. Play, play the video of uh, the uh, Honorable Eric Opoku in Parliament for me. And i will situate this in the context of cocoa farmers. Play for me, their, their, their story. And whether or not at this time they need solar touchlights because we are spending money to procure solar touchlights for them. When Cocoa Bot is busy declaring losses, on the front page here of the Ghanaian Times, ICU says we should recapitalize distressed state entities to propel growth. What ICU is failing to say is how we are putting square plugs in round holes in most of these state-owned institutions. And the question that we have asked the president is that if the president owned those companies, or if the vice president owned those companies, or if the chief of staff owned those companies, or if the people who suggested those people to be put into those positions owned those companies, would they recommend them? Would they have recommended them to be there? If Nanado, Nanado's Akufuado, Prempe, and Co., the law firm, would he have requ- uh, 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 recommended a lawyer who doesn't know anything, doesn't know how to file any processes, would he have recommended him to come and work for him or go and represent any of his clients in court? He would not. So why are, you, why, why are we be g- giving Dudui to manage our affairs? We have been giving Dudui to manage our affairs. Play the video for me. I talked
2: to them in 2017. In 2017... They incurred a loss of 395 million Ghana cities. Mm. In 2018, the loss came down to 78.2 million. Mm. In 2019, it increased to 320 million. Oh, oh. In 2020, it increased again to 426 million Ghana oh. Mr. Speaker, 2021, it is 2.4 billion oh. Ghana cities. 2.4 billion Ghana cities yeah, 24 oh. trillion OCDs just oh. 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 in one year we 2022, oh. oh. a jump to 3.3 billion oh. Ghana cities and the oh. minister oh. says oh. Yeah. the minister is saying that Cocoa Bot is back on track Why he is projecting a loss of 2.7 billion this year a loss of 2.6 billion this year oh. And you say that this company is back on track? Mr. Speaker, I'm surprised that the minister is attributing their crisis to Coco Rose. He's attributing their crisis to Buda. Mr. Speaker, I'm going to explain to him the main causes of the problem that we are having with Coco Yes.
0: The
2: first one is this. In 2016, total administrative cost at the headquarters of Cocoa Boss was $363 million. Mr. Speaker, in 2021, it jumped to $2.5 billion. Challenge me. Yeah, yeah. $2.5 billion. Yeah, wow. Mr. Speaker, office expenditure alone has increased by 589%. Yeah.
1: So that is the true story. And this was said in parliament, recorded in the hands of, and it was not challenged in parliament. Like my, my friend will say, Robert Kuma will say, I can do it. It's different from I know how to do it. I can do it. There's a, different, it's a d- clear difference between that. I can do it. It's totally different from I know how to do it. It's a totally different matter altogether. It's a totally different matter altogether, and that is the the th- those are the things that will lead the debate. Now, my last issue: the fear of land grabbing is the beginning of Takashi. The fear of land grabbing is the beginning of Takashi. Go around the town, the prime lands. I grew up part of Cantonment. I grew up part of Roman Ridge. I grew because of the work my father did. The bungalows and the places that we knew that were official residences have all been sold off, and they are continuing selling those places. They are selling them. Go to cantonments. Go to Laboni. Go to those places. They are selling them off. I know some security officers who say they live in a place. I'll play a last video for you before we go. They live in a place. They have not moved out. They are in official capacity. Somebody is constructing a wall around them. Somebody is constructing a wall around them. It happened to Speaker Bagbin. He was inside. His home was almost taken from him. Lands Commission has come to reply. You know when they start replying, you know that there's something. Why are we grabbing everything? Now we are grabbing part of a Beniza secondary school. So if the school wants to expand, what do they do? If the school wants to expand, what do they do? And my understanding is that there's already an agenda, one, one, one project in Ablekuma West. This is the assembly doing it, and they, I'm told that the assembly is adamant. They want to do it. No negotiation, no agreement. They are just zooming in to take over. And the people are scared because they have seen in the past where people have been told that, oh, this land is going to be used for process A or process B or uh, public good, da, da, da. Before they know it, it is in private hands. Play the video for me. Have a good morning. Um,
3: in this day and age, with this level of civilization and where the world has gotten to, this primitive and uh, slavish land trapping is still going on within our setup in Ghana. The MCE of Ablekuma West is forcefully, crudely, inhumanly taking over a portion of the Ebenezer Secondary School land, which we feel is improper. We, as all students, are taking action against him. We have a civil action going on in the court, and he is beyond the laws of Ghana. So he has come out clearly that he doesn't respect any law in Ghana, but he will do what he wants, and dead dead the government.
0: De- Johnny's fight. Johnny Johnny's fight. On sunrise.